Hello, I'm Tom Robinson, Managing Director of Education at CFA Institute. Today we're joined by Aswath Damodaran. He's a professor of finance at the Stern School of Business at NYU. Uh, he's a prolific author and expert in valuation, and uh, we'd like to, him to share his thoughts with us today. Welcome, Professor Thank Damodaran. you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So the, um, the recent crisis has caused a lot of criticism of the efficient market hypothesis, the capital asset pricing model. Um, implicitly, when you're doing evaluation analysis, what are you assuming about the market efficiency? See, I, I find that uh, the criticism rather odd because if investment bankers truly believed in efficient markets in the CAPM, they would not have indulged in any of the activities that got us into this trouble in the first place. I think it's their belief that markets are so supremely inefficient that they could create money out of nothing that led us into this problem in the first place. I mean, you take mortgage-backed securities, the very notion of a mortgage-backed security would make no sense in an efficient market because you can't take a set of cash flows, split them up, and then hope to make money by selling the different pieces. So I think if there's anything that caused this crisis, it's a lack of belief in the efficiency of markets and a belief, at least on the part of the people making these products, that they were smarter than the market. What about the capital asset pricing model? Is it dead? The capital asset pricing model was never even an issue in these securities, right? Mortgage-backed securities are bonds. Right. I mean, so to, the CAPM has been the target for criticism for pretty much everything that's happened in markets for the last 30 years, and it's been guilty of none of the issues that have created it. It's a measurement device. It's like blaming a thermometer for the Asian flu. I mean, betas uh, don't create any problems. They're just there, right? So how do you approach determining the required rate of return for a company? I think you start with with some measure of risk, whether you buy into betas or, or some proxy for risk based on the sector they're in. You have to start with some. You have to you have to some place to start. I prefer to start with the CAPM, not because the CAPM is right, but because I know the places where it goes wrong. Simply because it's the most tested model in history. So I can tell you that small cap stocks tend to have returns that are far too low when you estimate them based on the CAPM. But I can adjust those returns. So because we know so much not only about where the model works but where it doesn't work, it's, it's a relatively easy model to work with and adjust, at least relative to the other models that are out there. Interesting. So where do you see investment banks and others when you're reviewing valuation models? Where do you see them making the most mistakes? Um, in not being consistent about their assumptions about growth and reinvestment. They want the best of both worlds. So when they project things out, they project high growth rates, but they don't project the reinvestment they need to sustain that growth. There's no recognition that you operate in a business place where if you make 35, 40, 45% returns, new companies are going to come in and drive out those returns. They ignore the first principles of competition when they value companies. And I think part of the problem for that is there's too much modeling in valuation and too little valuation. I mean, you look at how investment banks teach people how to value companies, they sit with a spreadsheet and they take line item by line item and they project. And because they do line items individually, there's no sense of the consistency you need across line items for valuation to kind of hold up. Have you noticed any trends in recent years in how valuation models are applied? I don't think so. I think there's more data to be used. So I think in a sense that's confusing a lot of people because they don't know what to do with all this data that's coming at them. But in terms of the basic valuation techniques, I don't see much that has changed over the last 30 years. I mean, in fact, I'm surprised given the kinds of tools and techniques and data that we have that we don't bring in more probabilistic techniques and simulations into valuations, but there seems to be no inclination to do that. I know a lot of equity analysts have real difficulty applying a DCF model 
uh, to financial institutions like banks? How do you approach financial institution valuation? I think first you've got to focus on what reinvestment for a bank really means. It's not the traditional capex working capital adjustment that we make for conventional companies. It has to be defined as reinvestment in regulatory capital which means to value a bank, you have to be aware of the regulatory capital ratios, the kinds of businesses banks are growing in, which really means that the key to valuing banks is to understand the regulatory framework much better in terms of what demands it will put on the bank in terms of having to set aside capital. So if you were going to give one piece of advice to equity analysts, what would it be? Keep it simple. Great. Keep it simple and focused. Great. We appreciate your time today. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Copyright 2011, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.